0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Good, alright, so open up your Bibles to Hebrews and let's continue on with our series entitled Unshakable. So we're talking about things that in this world that can be shaken, and things that are shaken. And right now... People really do they, they have this time this season of life it is it is, a, is, it a, is it a it is a time of shaking for many people. people are very nervous, concerned about the future, and concerned about life so in this series we 're going to talk some things about foundations about how to kind of rebuild your life, recenter your life on god 's word, and, and how to not be so shaken by what you see so hebrews six one says uh, we'll put it on the screen, I think, for you today. Look at this. We got screens back today. Thank God, right? Hey, thanks to Joey and all the teams came in. You all give them a hand, Lee and all these guys. They worked their tails off. I mean, so if you were here last Sunday, everything fried. Like, literally, it popped. I-, I don't even know what the tally is. At least, I think it's almost 10K right now that of equipment that's just gone. So we thank God they got everything back up and going. I don't know how they did it. I don't even ask questions about it. I just thank God that they're good at what they do. And uh, anyway, so we'll work through all that later. But anyway, I'm grateful to have this back for you again. Just, but I just ask you, don't just look at the screens. Pay attention. Don't just, you know, stare off because the Wi-Fi is on or whatever either. And look at your Instagram feed. Pay attention to the word, okay? So Hebrews 6, 1 and verse 3, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, the Christ is Jesus, but is when it says the word Christ, it's not the person Jesus as much as referring to the Messiah. The one who was to come, the anointed one with the anointing. All right, so he says, let us press on to maturity. All right, so if you're going to press on to something, that means it's going to take some work. If you're going to press something, like when I used to bench press and used to work out, um, you, in order to gain the strength, to break down the muscle, to rebuild the strength and to lift and to really increase your bench max and to get more muscle mass, you had to be willing to break down what you had to rebuild stronger for what you wanted. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Maybe don't lift weights. It's okay, but just this is the trick. You can look at it later. Muscle mass, when you lift, you tear down. You're actually tearing down muscle. You, you, you do it to, to max out. You want to be able to, to, to increase your load, increase the weight. It's tearing down the muscle so you get weaker the more you do it that day. But the next week when you come back, you should be a little bit stronger. And it takes time. You might speed up real quick, and then you might stall for a while. But if you want to break through a barrier, then you got to push it through the barrier, and you can do it. Now, you might physically not be as strong as someone else in the room, but for your ability and your muscle mass, you can break through if you want to, but you have to push and press through on. And so Paul's saying you must press on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Now, when he says let's lay not, lay not again the foundation, it tells me then there is a foundation laid you don 't have to worry about the, your job, my job is to build upon not to not to not to install a foundation which is really good news because the most difficult thing about building it is the foundation, maybe not as complex in skill or labor or whatever, but the most important most You gotta get this right. The foundation is everything. If you don't put the proper foundation in, the structure will not stand. I was watching this thing the other day, this, um, this, uh, National Geographic thing on, um, forgive me, I can't pronounce the thing right. The, um, it's in, it's in, uh, oh goodness, the tallest building in the world. Some of you may know what it's called. Just, thank you. I always was gonna mess that up. I'm glad I didn't say it. That's it. Say it again. That's it. The tallest building in the world. Crazy. I, I don't think I'll, even if I visit the country, I don't think I will ever go in the thing. Just because of how they explained how they built the foundation. It, first of all, it's on sand, which makes me nervous because of what Jesus said. It's the tallest building in the world. It takes, I think, 30 minutes to get to the top. That's a long way up. But they built this structure to float, they couldn't figure out how to anchor it because of the changing of the, the soil conditions and everything else. So they built it to float. In its most simplest form to explain this, it's concrete, but it's floating. Nothing wrong with it. It works. A lot of this technology is in San Francisco, California, whatever. But for me, I'm just not cool with a floating foundation that is that high of a structure on top of it. You could watch it on Netflix. It's crazy. But the foundation, it really matters. Those guys must have done it right because it's still, it's still standing great. But a foundation, though, is something, though, that God establishes. Remember what we said last week. He established the foundation of the earth. And so what i am been doing in this is trying to show some illustrations about space, about the universe, and things that God has created. Because I think sometimes um, we get so like this. What we call it? Tunnel vision? Me and my world, my little 400 friends on Instagram, you know, oh, they posted something about their dog. I better too. You know, they got cute shoes. I better get mine on there, too. Man, he really takes his wife out all the time. My husband never takes me out. Good gracious. I mean, they're always happy. I never see a picture when they're frowning. Gosh, their kids are always so well behaved. Man, look at that. They're perfect. I mean, that's not even a filter, that's amazing. Like, give me a break. Y'all know all that's fake stuff, right? Nobody puts angry moments on anything when their kids are misbehaving. Nobody takes a picture of that stuff. They never do that. If they do, they're just being funny. No one does that. But God established a foundation. When you look out of this and you look up and you see something, it is a bit, you'll get awestruck. Uh, So this is a picture. Let me show you this picture. This is what I told you about last week in case you didn't have a chance to Google it. This is uh, Jupiter. Best I can do for you, this is from NASA. Okay, so uh, do you see the little red spot on there? I don't know if I got this on or not, but um, see that right there? All right, that's it. This right here, they say two of planet Earth, two, would fit inside that red circle. Now, just let that sink in for a minute. Yeah, I know. You're like, what does that have to do with the Bible? A lot. You know, the ancients, the, the those who went before us, uh, they charted the world, and, and everything they did, they charted life based on lunar techno- or lunar cycles, not Gregorian cycles like what we use, a Gregorian calendar. They used lunar, the solar system, stars. They mapped. These guys were smart people. I mean, we think we're something because we can Google it. We don't even know what we're doing. We're just, there it is. Take our phone and go, look, there's a star. Look, there's the Big Dipper. Wow. These jokers charted everything by math and science and intellect before Google ever was. That's crazy to me. Because you think here, well, here we are. But when you look at that, wait a minute, two of our planets would fit there? Does that not make you go, ooh, that's big? Interesting enough, so when God created the foundation of the earth, you think about this this is one planet. As we got to further, I'll show you some more later. But they keep finding more planets. The more telescopes we build, the bigger they are. They keep finding there's more worlds out there beyond us. I was looking at one they found that they think is basically like a replica of our planet, but bigger. What? I'm not going down the alien route. Don't worry, okay? Like I'm not doing that. I'm just saying we think we are just here, and we're so smart. Stuff like that is wild to me. So, why am I sharing that with you? So, um, <clears throat> in life, when we look at the things that we see that are shaken, I think it's important to remember this, this one thing, and this will help you kind of reestablish some things. If something is shaken and it falls apart, if something is shaken and it doesn't work, if it doesn't hold together, if it... Um, if it just doesn't, you know, finish, the, the, the answer is based on God's word. It, well, then God's not, that's not God. So you have to contrast that then with other things that we all struggle with. Well, man, you know, if I get sick, then is God not with me? This is what people say to me. So I want to make sure, I, I want to let sure you to hear this today, okay? Well, my, my needs aren't being met, so maybe God isn't answering my prayer. I mean, if stuff gets shaken, maybe God's not with me. You have to contrast, again, Scripture with Scripture and say, okay, what does the Bible say? Well, Jesus said something to Philip. This is in John fourteen nine. He says, Philip, have I been with you so long, and yet you've not come to know me? He who has seen me, Jesus, has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? We tend to separate Jesus from the Father, and we say, well, you know what? They're different. They're not. If you look at Jesus, how many times did Jesus meet the needs of people he came in contact with? Constantly. How many times did Jesus look and heal people that weren't even a part of the covenant when they begged or asked him? He engaged them. And he wants to do that. So it's not about him saying no. There could be some other things going on. I don't know. But you have to settle this about God. He is good and his mercy endures forever. If something's shaking, if it's falling apart and it's not working it doesn't mean necessarily that God is against you. You understand? If if you lose track of this, everything else gets real shaky after that. Because how can you trust God when you pray to him if you don't believe he can come through for you? How can you even have faith in a prayer to the Lord? God, I'm asking you to come through for me in this area. I may not know how you're going to do it. It may not be how I plan for it to happen. But God, I am asking you to come through. If you don't believe he's for you, then you will waver. And James says, any man who wavers is like a ship, like in a wave, it's being tossed to and fro between every doctrine of unbelief. You've got to be stable in some things, and this is so important, if you see Jesus in the context of the Gospels, you have seen the Father. He went about, He loved kids, He helped people, He healed people, He was not against women. People think God is against women. Look at what Jesus did. I mean the majority the first gospel preachers of the resurrection were women. He could have chosen to pick men. He chose to allow the women to do it. So so these things that we hear in culture, don't let it mess with your faith. Got to be stable in this. God is good. His mercy and forever. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. So when we read about Jesus, when he did healing, deliverance, provision, restoration, forgiveness, these are all attributes of your Father in action. And when you remember this, if the earth is constant, and we know that it is, if the earth is constant because of his word, then how much more is your heavenly father constant in your life? Amen. Listen, man, he's for you, and you've got to believe that. All right, so I'm going to um, uh, show you something else. Like, this is going to be a video, and, and uh, this is about uh, Jupiter. And I'll explain. It's going to feel like, you know, when I was in eighth grade and we had film strips. I know some of you have no idea what that is. Some of you remember. Every kid wanted to turn the film strip Please, me, me. You felt like it's so awesome. Click. It just felt so awesome to turn the film strip. Now everything's digital, but this is about Jupiter, and it's going to seem a little weird. But I'm going to show it to you and explain. It, okay, so take a look at this, and, and we're going to talk about it. Okay. So here's something to think about. We're so worried about all the things that we see here in this Earth, and there's like you know Armageddon out there. If it weren't for that big planet. You'd be nothing. Vaporized. a no moment. You know, like Armageddon. Don't want to close my eyes. I can't, can't do it anymore. You don't tell right? Well, finally, you guys, I miss you, baby. You know what I'm saying? Really high. Like, that dude has, like, crazy range. Uh Armageddon. Like, you know, the world stuff. And people have all these things, and now they're finding more and more about this. These things, at this planet all the time, boom, <laughs> boom, and, and they say, well, yeah, but it also spins it out and sends it to earth yeah but tonight when you go out and look outside in the meteor shower that's coming in you can look out in the night sky and watch and thank god that that big planet smacks some of them around that this kind of stuff comes in as particle dust and burns up in our atmosphere seems to me like god probably created that big planet to take care of space debris break it all to pieces so when it actually comes at us it's vaporized by our atmosphere seems like god's pretty smart You know, we don't think a thing about that. Now, some of you right now, I've given you things to worry about. I understand, like, you're now going like, oh, my gosh. You know, I was worried about gluten-free, organic eggs, like, you know, hydrogenated oils. Now I have got to worry about space matter. Thanks, Pastor Jody. I, I just broke your brain there with that, right? But we don't think about that. And you're being saved every single day by stuff that God created in the earth, in the world, in the universe. And we don't consider that. But we get so worried about what happens here on this planet that's so temporary. But listen, if God has declared a thing over our lives, listen, it is assured the very foundations of the earth have been set, then, then whatever he has set in your lives, you can be assured of the same thing. We don't worry about our planet getting flung out of orbit and being vaporized. Why are we so worried about the other things that we see around us? If God can take care of you (laughs) with a big planet out there, he can surely take care of other things in our lives. And this needs to be our faith in Christ. Listen, Proverbs 10.25 says, When the whirlwind passes, the wicked are no more, but the righteous have an everlasting foundation. It means when you're worried. Listen, the wicked might be, they might see a mess, but the righteous, you have a foundation that is secure. This is why, you know, like the story of the three little pigs. That story is very true. It's a silly story. But if you're going to build your home, you want the big bad wolf to come. He's going to come one day. You're going to build your house out of straw, wood, or you're going to do it out of brick. Well, the three little pigs will tell you the brick home stands. The big bad wolf can't take him down. He tries. Now, that's a weird story, I know. But the devil walks about as seeking homes that are made of Stubble and hay and wood. And the ones that are made out of brick, he tries. It doesn't mean you don't face difficulty, but he finally quits because he sees you're not going to give in on him. Doesn't mean you don't go through things. But listen, he targets hay a lot. He targets hay. People build their lives on foolish things, no grounding, no foundations, nothing stability in their life, nothing about God that they know. All he knows is Jesus loves me, this is no That'll get you through for a while. But he'll come after that. So, real quick, let's keep going. Alright, so in 1 Corinthians 3, let's look at this. uh, And I'm going to skip down to verse 11 here. The scriptures say, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Your foundation has been set. It is Jesus Christ. He is the cornerstone. But you're going to build upon that who he is and and what he's done in your life. Now, Paul was talking to these Corinthians. You go back and read later, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 15 or so. This is the story where Paul was, he was preaching to these individuals. He came and he preached, he discipled them, helped them. He stayed for a while. It was one of his missionary journeys. He left and he came back. So when he comes back a second time, he says to them, you know, man, by now you should be ready to do more, but you're not. And his thing with them, one of the reasons why he said, you're very carnal because... You're too back and forth about who your favorite preacher is. Like, this was a real thing going on then, it's a real thing that goes on now. Well, I don't like him because he's of the Baptist faith. Well, I don't like them, they're Pentecostals. Well, I don't listen to them because they're not on TV. Or whatever. That is carnal thinking. I can learn from anybody. As long as they believe in Jesus and God's word, their denomination doesn't matter to me as long as they believe in Jesus and God's word. Now, that's, pre, that's pr, number one. I'm not going to criticize somebody because of a different denomination. Holy Spirit works in every denomination if they believe in Jesus. And the foundation's right. You can build on it. You, you can learn from anybody. But when you complain about who you're listening to, complain, well, I don't like them, or you should listen to this person, that's carnal talk. And that's not strengthening your faith. This is what was going on then. So Paul says, avoid this kind of thing. He says, they should have grown by now, but they didn't. And he goes on to say this after verse 11. He says, now verse 12. Now if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire. Meaning this, that all of us, the things that we go through in life, fire does something. You can look at it as one of two things. Oh man, look, this thing burnt up. That stinks. It's terrible. It's bad. Or you can let it's gotten purified. Gold has to go through to be purified. Heat does a work in things. So when things come at you, sometimes instead of crying and complaining about, well, God, why'd you let this happen to me? That's not the right prayer. The right prayer is, oh, God, what are you doing right now? Show me so that I might learn. Help me so I can understand, God, I'm trusting you in this. It's not why. God's not doing. It's, God, help me to see what is going on around me. I need you in this moment, God. God. Don't blame God for what's going wrong. Ask Him for help to get it right. But He says the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Now, notice He says each man's work or woman's work, whichever way you'll take it. When they wrote, it didn't say church. There's a lot of people that build their lives on their church. A lot. And so when something doesn't go right, they stumble. I know I went from, I get it. I know I can, I, with a meddling now, right? I got you. you. Messing with us a little bit, I understand, but I'm being serious. You can't build your life on a church. There, there, there's nowhere in scripture that says, go and build your life on his church. He said, I will build my church. That's his job. We're to build our lives on Christ. Because what happens is when a program doesn't fit your needs, you see what happens? Well, they don't do this for my kid. It, listen, I've been doing this long enough. I, I've heard it all, I think. I say that I should not say that because every time I say that, I wind up hearing something new. I should not have said that. I, I've tried to take that out of my vocabulary. But I've heard a lot. How about that? Well, we don't do that. Well, then then you're building your life on programs in in your church and not Jesus. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's very important you build your life on Jesus. So he says this, each man's work uh, in which he has built, if any man's work which he has built on it remains and he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet as though through fire. So in other words, it's going to feel like you're not saved, but you are. You understand what I'm saying? It's going to be like, man, what is going on? Why is this? What, what? Go back and ask yourself, at what part of this is your life built upon? I mean, if you can give me more athletic stats for your kid than you can about God's word, I'm sorry. That's a bunch of hay and stubble. I love your kids. Don't get me wrong, I love mine too. Mine don't, listen, don't mess with them. They're learning some judo stuff. <laughs> Karate or whatever it's called. Taekwondo, I don't know what it's called. But they they think they're also they're breaking boards and stuff. They like man. That guy's gonna fight like them on No, some boy better leave them alone. Like they'll be like I don't know if they do all that, but anyway. It's cool. It is fun and it's exciting. But listen, that's not going to do them much good in life if they don't have a foundation of who God is. They might knock the cover off a baseball out of the park, baby. Triple, I mean, just, wow. People cheering, throwing their popcorn. That's my boy. You know, they get so fired up. But when all of a sudden done, guys, if they don't know who Jesus is, it's not going to matter. I mean, you know we all work jobs, all do all kinds of things, but your career isn't really going to matter much if your family is not founded on the faith of Christ. We can provide all kinds of things for our kids, give all kinds of stuff, but I'm just telling you if it's not anything on this, in the end that's called wood hay and stubble and it's going to be burned up and you're like, <gasps> "What happened?" The Bible says, "Don't you know, Don't freak out. You're going to be saved. This is going to feel like you're not, but you're going to be saved." You know, you're you're going to be all right. The lesson is don't build on things that are just disappearing. Nothing wrong with having it, but don't build your life on it. Can I get an amen? Are you all with me? I'm, right, I'm about to shut it down right about now, okay? Just, just feel like, you know, are you all cool? Is this bothering you? Okay, thank you. All right. Here are a couple of questions real quick. How can I strengthen my life? I got one illustration for you, and then we're done. This morning, so when you came in, there were some of you who were given a number, Okay? So I'd like to see if you were given a number, this, now limit. this is a total illustration randomly uh, generated through, like, it, it, there's nothing planned about any of this, okay? It's totally, so, there's nothing said. I, even half of my team, like, the, I don't even think the production guys know about this. The only two people that knew about it was Stephen and Sandra helped me put it together. That's it. That's the way it was supposed to have worked. We'll see. All right, so if you got a number this morning, you got a little something with a number on it, would you raise your hand? Okay. Raise your hand up high like you know the answer. You know what I mean? Like, here you go. Okay. Here's a cool. Okay.
1: One,
0: two, okay keep it up. I gotta count. Sorry. Oh gosh, I can't see that thing. One, two, three. Oh, four, three, okay, nine, six, seven, eight, nine. Interesting. That's funny. Okay. Alright, here's what I'm doing. do. Alright, so, um, if I could get real quick. Gary, can you help me real quick? So, here's what I want you to do. So, if you have the number three, will you raise your hand? Number eight and number nine. There's a three, there's an eight. Oh, here's a nine. Huh. Okay, give that to each one of them. Raise your hand up. By us and go. They're going to do something, okay? And, and go, go do that, and then I'm going to finish telling something. So keep your hands up until he gets to you, okay? Interesting enough. So in this illustration, um, what I did was I um, kind of put together a little something I want to show you. And I'm going to skip over a couple of things so that I can uh, kind of land the plane here a little bit. And while they go do what they're doing, they'll be back in a minute. I'll take a minute. let them get out the door and then I'll tell you. So I handed out, I asked one of our volunteers, I said, um, I want you to hand out or ask our team, give it to one volunteer and let them keep one of the cards. And they had 12 total. You had to give out to 12 people, or 10 people, sorry. And they, they kept one. So let me ask you a question. Um, are you in here if you handed out the cards, or was it one of them? Are you in here if you handed out the cards? Oh, you handed them out. You did it, huh? Okay, cool. So she handed out the cards, and you kept one. You did. What was your number? you think this it's like a Houdini trick. It's not, I promise you. This is not a card trick. I'm not that good, okay? I loved that stuff when I was a kid, but believe me, I'm terrible at it. I only got one good one, that's with a coin, and I'd only impress Piper for a season. Now she knows the trick. It's over, man, you know? So so what I did, I told her, uh, didn't tell her, I said, here's what to keep one card for herself and pick them out. I randomly picked those numbers last night, put them in my notes, so I wouldn't have to think about it a day, just randomly. My staff didn't know that either. I just told them, here, go do that. So by doing so, she handed out all the cards. Did you hand out 10? You kept one for yourself, handed out the other nine. So she did what she was asking Understand, I went through Sandra and Stephen. They did this. Then they went through... uh, Good? Okay. Then then went through a volunteer. They got to pick who they wanted to. I didn't tell them who to pick. They picked who they wanted to pick. She did what was asked. So that's one, two, three people doing what was asked, not knowing why. Okay, now, uh, is everybody back? Everybody back in their seats? Okay. Okay, these random people that were selected they put together a little gift for them. They gave them uh, some Starbucks coffee cards and a couple of T-shirts, I think. And so randomly, here's the funny thing about being random like that. Uh, I had no idea who that she was going to give those cards to. I had no idea when I picked the numbers who it would land in. How many of you guys got cards really? though, Watch, let me see. Raise your hands one more time. Okay, random, just random. I can't, yeah. I'm going to show you something. When James talks to us about trusting God, this is what he says. In James <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 14, he says, What use is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing... And in need of daily food. And one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, and be filled. And yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? Now let me just, before I go further, this is talking about helping people who really need help. You, you don't let your heartstrings get pulled on people just because they're out there every day. And I know I'm being mean when I say it. But unless you know what you're doing, make sure you know what you're doing when you give and help people. You're not always helping, especially if you're giving cash to people. You, that is not always the best solution, okay? So when he says this, he's referring to a brother or sister. He's not saying someone out there you don't know. That means if I know, Gary's here and he sees me or I see Gary and he's saying, Man, I had not eaten in three weeks. Well, my gosh, Gary, let me get some food for you. I don't say to him, bless you in Jesus' name, be filled. That, that would be so inappropriate. That's what he's saying, Okay. He says, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead by being by itself. (laughs) But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe it and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, watch this, you foolish fellow. I thought that was cool. That's a good little kind of tag you come up with there, James, that faith without works is useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteous, or counted to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? Talking about the minute in Jericho there. But for just as the body without the spirit is dead, listen, faith without works is dead. She could have, at the onset, This the three of you guys who got coffee cards, you may have never gotten coffee this morning. Has she decided, you know what, I just, Sandra and Stephen's nuts, especially Stephen. He's crazy. I ain't giving these numbers out to anybody. She could have said, I'm going to hold on to all of them. My odds just went up. She, She didn't know what we were doing. She was, watch, obedient. And she did what she heard. Then after that, these other individuals, those of you who are in this room, you did it. All you heard, I think all I told them was this, hold on to it during service. That's it. I'm sure some of you guys, if you're very analytical, you're probably, the whole time, like you've been waiting for this moment, like why? Why do we have a number? What is the point of this? Will you ever tell me? Just, you, there you go. Now you're like, oh, finally I know. I feel so much better. But I gave one other card to Gary to give to those three. It said, go to the lobby, to the information booth, there's something there waiting for you. They could have chosen to say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to get up in front of all these people and then watch me walk out the door. Do you see how many steps there were of obedience for someone to engage and say, oh man, that's cool they got coffee, but look how many steps it took though. Can I just back up and just talk to us for a moment about this as we close today? How many things is God talking to us about to do and we... Ignore, and then question him as to why things aren't working in our lives right how many things has he told us and talked to us about in his word that simply says things like this guys love your wife like Christ loves the church treat her as you should so that your prayers aren't hindered I don't know why I can't get a promotion at work you're a jerk to your wife and you're asking why God won't bless you can I get come on that's a big deal because as Jesus looks at his bride, how does Jesus treat his church? That's the bride of Christ. He treats her very lovingly and caring, and he cares for her. And God says in his word, how do you treat your wife directly affects your prayer life. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, then, you know what? You're never going to get coffee from God. I know that's simple. It's not in the Bible. But if it helps, there you go. Let me just read this to you. And we, we're and to ask Bruce to come on up. We're going to. Start playing some music, and I'll pray for you when we'll be out, okay? Very simple, concrete illustrations from this, okay? From Proverbs 26, verse 12, listen to this. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. The sluggard says, there's a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square. Now, (laughs) I know we don't have this kind of stuff around us, okay? But a sluggard would say things like, I'll put in applications everywhere. I just can't get a job. You're lying. Straight up. We all know it because there's people hiring. There ain't a person in this room that, if you work for somewhere, that's probably not hiring somewhere. There's jobs everywhere right now. Well, I just can't find one. You ain't been looking then because I passed four on the way in this morning. It may not be what you want, but there's plenty of places hiring. Anyway, so he says, a sluggard says, There's a line in the road. I can't do it. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard on his bed. You know, the sluggard is wiser. It says this, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is weary of bringing it to his mouth again. It's so hard to eat this cheeseburger. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer. He thinks he's so smart. Like one who takes a dog by the ears is the one who passes by and meddles with strife, not belonging to him. We call that homemade trouble in our house. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor. And says, Oh, I just joking. No, I just joking. For lack of wood the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a whisperer, twice he's mentioned that, are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. Real quick, look, I'm putting on the screen for you real quick. Watch this sluggards. They always having excuses why it won't work or why they can't. Always, faith without works is dead. Watch. Well, you know, I know God, but I just it don't work for me. Homemade trouble. This is what I was telling you about. You know, this is the one that a dog by the ears don't do stuff. That, you know, leave it alone. We tell our kids all the time they want to talk about something and nothing to do with us. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it doesn't matter has nothing to do with you. Yeah, but... I mean, okay. If it's affecting you, we can talk about it. But we're not going to talk about it for talking about it's sake. Grabbing dogs by the ears is not an end well. The homemade trouble. Well, I say it this way. There's enough trouble stay away from what's not yours. Deception. It doesn't work to keep friends very long. It says... And playing off as a joke. I mean, somebody really they 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 did it, and everything's fine till you caught them. And when you caught them, right? No, man. I mean, you know, man. You know, I was just playing. Here's your twenty. You know, I I just I just found I just gonna give it back to you. I was just playing. Whisperers, stay away from these people, and you won't get burned. Anger says it'll set you and everyone else on fire. That's why fireplaces are good for fire. People say, I can't control my temper. Based on what God teaches us, yes, you can. But if you say, I can't, you're going back to faith without works is dead. You're saying, there's no hope. And I'm telling you, there is hope. doesn't mean you're going to be perfect tomorrow. Like Those of us who have struggled with this, uh, it is not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're going to change overnight. But you have to give stuff to God and let him, you know, work it out in you. And he ends on this last one, whispers again. And it's kind of like this. This guy made this pie at this uh, retreat thing. Uh, my grandmama's uh, rene- little school reunion. The preacher there made pies. Like, they were good too. Like really good pies. Homemade crust, amazing. I ate two slices there. My grandmama packed me up two slices to bring home. And I was supposed to leave Haley one before she could get to it. I ate that one, too. I've never had such good pie in my life. I'm trying to get the recipe. But, you know, after all that pie, I was going, boy, that is heavy. So it is. Whispers again. Second time he mentions this. People like to whisper. It's like a dainty morsel. Sounds good. You're fun to be a part of until they leave. And you're the one that sticks at the stomach because why? They turn on you every time. So what he's saying is this. You've got to use your faith. These are simple. You've got to use your faith even in these matters. Don't get involved with stuff that don't belong to you. Watch out for whispers. Man, you know, like, hey, if you have anger issues, deal with it. You've got to work on it. We can't, as Christians, say, well, I just don't know. It doesn't work. I can't. That's not using works. That's saying, I have faith, I trust God, I believe God, but I don't want to do anything with it. That's like the thing I deal with everybody in here today to show you how easy it is by simply following instructions. With God, it's as simple as saying, yes, I see this, and yes, I will do it. And the choice is is ours today. So I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask you a question right now. Are you satisfied with what we call, I'm not saying you are this, I'm saying are you satisfied with what you see with something that's called a cultural Christianity? I'm going to define this and then I want to challenge us all here as we pray. Our foundation is set on Jesus Christ. That's not going to change. You can't be moved off of that. That is set because of his work and not mine. But how we build on that foundation can and could be a little shaky. If I build my walk on faith in my faith in Christ on a cultural Christianity, which is a Sunday morning only, I'm going to be shaken. Because when things come at me, I will not know what to do. I'm not going to know how to deal with it. And like, what if I'm like in the Bahamas or something, like on the beach and you can't get me? Because if like I'm over there, my phone's not working. Like I love you, but I'm not calling you back. I do, I love you, but if my feet are in that water and I'm sitting there in the sun, like, oh man, God is so good. My phone's not working. And what if you need something? Well, God's called all of us to live by faith, to trust Him to grow. And I can't do that on a cultural Christianity. And that's typically a Sunday morning only experience. So I'm, I'm going to challenge you this morning. In your faith, where are you at with building your house with God? Where is it at? Am I building on the, fa- on the foundation of Jesus Christ? Yes. But what, am, what does it look like right now? And how can I use my faith that James talks about, but apply works and begin to move towards what God has called me to do? So I want you you close your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment as I pray for you. And again the foundation is set and secure in securing Jesus but so right where you are I want you to take an inventory right now and say to yourself and to God and be honest about it is what I have right now is it built on on faith in Jesus Christ am I building my life and my family on his word or am I building on a lot of noise and things that really are not going to last for eternity Got to do stuff. Got to work. Got to have stuff. Got kids. Got to play ball. Kids gonna do stuff. That that is not a negative. What it means though is, is that my life. What am I? What am I building right now? So I'm gonna pray for you as your eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you today to help each one of us move forward in our faith with you, God. To take a step forward in our faith uh, with you, Lord. God, I thank you that as we sit here this morning, you have called us to have faith and works, not just faith alone. Not just to be a Christian and say, I love Jesus and worship, but to use faith with works to move things forward. So God, I thank you right now and I ask you in the name of Jesus by the power of your Holy Spirit to just deposit on the inside of us right now this, this desire to move forward with you in whatever capacity you're asking us to do. If it's to love our wives better, then so be it. In Jesus' name, help every husband in here have a new passion and desire to treat his wife with the respect and honor and love she deserves. Lord, if it's in here right now and, man, maybe some in here are concerned. They've built so much time with kids, but maybe not as much time with with faith and instilling that in them. I pray in Jesus' name, do what Deuteronomy says. As you drive down the road, talk to them about the Lord. Teach them as you go. You don't have to sit down every night with a Bible and make sure they read 400 scriptures. Just teach them as you go. Talk to them about the Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, help them as parents to do this. Help them to understand how to teach their children about Jesus more. I pray right now, if the career has begun to focus, and it's such a thing that it's just climbing that ladder, baby, just climbing that ladder. I just pray in Jesus' name right now, Holy Spirit, I pray you convict and help us to see the importance of not just climbing a ladder, but preaching or reaching people with Jesus and sharing our faith and putting some work to what we believe and not just talking about it around the coffee or talking around it on the morning breaks, but got to actually live, take a step forward and live it out in a different way. And Lord, I pray right now if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, I pray in Jesus' name that they would come to you right now. So while your eyes are closed and no one's looking, I'm going to pray a prayer. The whole church is going to pray with you right now. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this after me. The Bible says this, if a man or woman believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, they shall be saved. So right now I want to pray for you. And you're going to pray this prayer if you want to be saved right now. The whole church is going to pray. You won't be by yourself. Just pray this with us right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. And I give you my life, I give you my heart, I give you everything, Lord. And I ask you to save me, to forgive me, and to cleanse me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and making me one of your kids. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, we're so proud of you. Pray that prayer, right, church? Give me a hand, would you? So awesome. I think uh, Gary's going to be closing out today, so uh, as he comes up, would y'all welcome Gary up to the platform this morning? And if you prayed that prayer in the seat back in front of you, uh, there's a little card there. You can write connect.cornerstonerome.com or use the card. You can drop an offering box on your way out if you prayed that prayer. Or if you um, uh, didn't like the QR code or it doesn't work or whatever, you can do old school. Say, listen, tell me more about how to help people, how to be a friend with people for Jesus in that card. And you can drop that in the offering box, too. Either way, we're going to help you this week. But it's on the screen for you right there. So I'll let Gary take over from here. He's got some cool stuff to share with you.
1: Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, Thank you. That's a good word today. i tell you what. You need to go back this week and re-listen to that again. There was a lot of truth in that message this morning. Um, it really was. So you need to go back and listen to that again. Uh, prayer partners, if you guys would come on up front, uh, these folks will be here after service for you. If you have anything um, that you need, uh, somebody to agree with in prayer for, if maybe that's your life, what Pastor was talking about today, that you need to put uh, your faith into action, um, talk to one of these folks up here, and they're hurrying to come up right now. Um, I'm so excited because my wife got a Starbucks car. She's probably going to treat me. <laughs> uh, uh, a couple other things we always want to say, you know, Pastor was talking about, it. I wasn't here last week. I didn't hear the lightning bolt that hit here, but that was sure, certainly unexpected. And now we've got a bunch of uh, electronic equipment to replace. So, again, it goes back to we thank you so much for your giving. Um, if you guys don't do that, we can't go ahead and replace that stuff. So thank you so much. A lot of different ways we do. You can give online. You can text to give. There's offering boxes in the back. We don't pass, pass a plate. We don't pass a plate around here. Um, so you can give that way if you if you can. Today is Small Group Expo. As you exit the auditorium, there's tables over to the right-hand side. If the Lord's really been impressing on you to get into a small group, get to know some people here in church, stop by, talk to those folks, see if there's something there that really is of interest to you, and sign up because it's a great way to meet people. It's a great way to grow in the Lord um, and establish relationships here, especially if you haven't been here very long um you'll have a lot of fun doing it as well so i'm gonna send you out with the blessing out of numbers chapter 6 it says that uh, the lord bless you and keep you the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and the niv it says this it says the lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace that makes makes me think that is he looking away from me sometimes i think sometimes he's looking for us sometimes we're running all around and not there for where he wants to see us so if that's you today Let God turn his face right fully in yours and give you his peace. God bless you. Have a great week.
0: If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.